0: You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Hudat Nation and Hudat family? Welcome into another Top 3 Thursday episode of Locked On Saints, part of Locked On Podcast Network your team every day. Remember that we're here with you every single Monday through Friday, five days a week covering your New Orleans Saints. And Whether you're tuning in on your favorite podcast provider or watching on YouTube, thank you so much for being here. On today's episode, we did get an early glimpse at what a Taysom Hill-led New Orleans Saints offense could look like for four games in 2020, but How different could it be in 2021? Then we're going to take a look for our top three Thursday at the top three away games for the New Orleans Saints, including maybe a surprising number one in my mind. And then we'll finally close out today's show, continuing on with our early look at New Orleans Saints 2021 opponents, a young and intriguing team with a lot of changes in the New York Giants. We'll have all of that on today's episode. And as always, I'm your host. Ross Jackson at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, co managing editor over at Canal Street com, and your Tuesday co host over at the National Locked On NFL Podcast. We got all that and a little bit of Lanyette for you on today's episode of Locked On Saints, your team every day. As always, we strive to give you the local angle on your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints here every single Monday through Friday. But if you're looking for a national look at the NFL, make sure you check out the Peacock and Williamson NFL show, which is also presented by the Lockdown Podcast Network every Monday through Friday. You can find it wherever you get your podcast. Let's continue on with today's episode and get started. Want to talk a little bit about Taysom Hill in 2021. Now, we were joined over the last couple of episodes by J.T. O'Sullivan, former New Orleans Saints quarterback analyst over at the QB School, high school quarterback coach as well, or high school coach as well. Does a lot of phenomenal work. You can see all of it and more over at the QB School on YouTube. But one of the things that we talked about was this ongoing conversation, this ongoing sort of dialogue about how complicated it's going to be for Sean Payton to be able to sort of cater the offense to one quarterback or the other and that he needs to get a bit of a head start on it. I've always sort of been of the opinion that Sean Payton will wait as long as he has to to announce the starting quarterback. He always has. I could see him waiting until week one to announce who's going to be starting week one by that point, right? So I don't think that there's really going to be too much of a rush here. I could be absolutely wrong. But in the past, we've seen Sean Payton take his time And win games with the quarterback that he announced a week before, three days before the actual game itself. So I could see the Saints taking their time here when it comes to the conversation or the competition, rather, between Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill. Now, while there are some questions to answer when it comes to Taysom Hill being the quarterback, I do think that there are two key differences that can be all the difference. When it comes to a successful 2021 Taysom Hill-led offense, as opposed to what we saw in 2020, which was still successful, but still had its shortcomings as well as an emergency quarterback will always have going in in place of your 15-year starter. So when it comes to that, I think that there are two specific keys that we'll look at that can change. The two-minute drill, right? Being able to run the two-minute drill, which was something we didn't really get to see from Taysom Hill last year. That, I think- winning the starting quarterback role would be contingent upon adding that to a a part of your game. It's a necessary part of this New Orleans Saints offense. They do that extremely well. And some of that is Drew Brees. A lot of that as well is Sean Payton. So you want to be able to sort of see one of these other quarterbacks be able to um, run that efficiently and be successful with the two-minute drill as well. So I think that that is one. The other, of course, is the utilization of Alvin Kamara. And that would be it. And we saw a big-time boost in that in the final game that, that Taysom Hill started, the loss in Philadelphia. But we saw double-digit targets, double-digit catches by the running back in that game with Taysom Hill under center. So we've already sort of started to see that curve a little bit in the right direction. But the things that I think will remain are the things that I think are going to make a Taysom Hill offense a Taysom Hill offense. You're still going to see quarterback power. You're still going to see quarterback sweep. You're still going to see those runs with the quarterback on third down and in the red zone. You're still going to see all of that, whether it's because they're using it or because they're using it as a decoy, right? You can also continue to see an expanded role for a fullback, who could be a lead blocker who you can line up out wide, put in motion, and that indicates to the defense that if there's a quarterback power coming, that it might be going to the direction of the motion, which the Saints can fake and run the other way, which they've done to some success. They can run that way with a good lead blocker like a guy like Alex Arma, who I would say is at the forefront of the fullback competition at this time before, of course, we even get to training camp. And of course, they can fake that run altogether and throw the ball on that fullback sweep or another route that's coming across the opposite side of the field. So I think you'll still see those staples as a part of what the New Orleans Saints are doing. And because of all that, you'd also see a continued emphasis on mobility along the offensive line. I mean, this is one of the fastest offensive lines in terms of combined 40 times in the NFL. It was one of the reasons why there was a good argument for moving Eric McCoy to right guard because then you get to take advantage of his athleticism. Cesar Ruiz though, no slouch himself. So I think that you'll continue to see all of that in addition to that expanded role for the fullback. You'll also continue to see, and I think that this is important, the attention being paid to the wide receiver position. 37 targets to Michael Thomas over the course of those four games during the time that he was available. 17 targets to Emmanuel Sanders, same case during the time that he was available. 12 targets for a guy like Traquan Smith, who would probably be stepping into Emmanuel Sanders' cute wide receiver two role, if you will, during that time. And then you also saw 12 targets to Jared Cook and six targets to Adam Troutman over those four games. That's a total of 18 targets to tight ends, the top two tight ends, during the four games that Taysom Hill started, which probably projects really positively for Adam Troutman if Taysom Hill becomes the starting quarterback. Now, both Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston rely on their tight ends. We saw that with Cameron Braden, OJ Howard, and others in Tampa. So I think that that really works out either way for a guy like Adam Troutman, but it goes to show that there's not really something you have to worry about losing with Taysom Hill in terms of the utilization of weapons that are around on this offense. I do think that perhaps it changes your fantasy investments because Taysom Hill in the red zone could steal away some touchdowns that would usually go to a guy like Alvin Kamara or a red zone target in the end zone. But in terms of winning games, I think you're okay with that. So I think if Taysom Hill is able to get that two minute playbook under his belt, if he's able to get Alvin Kamara involved in the offense, just like we started to see in that Philadelphia game, his final game as a starter in 2020, that combined with maybe some more deep field shots and what you've already seen from Taysom Hill can breed a very successful offense with Sean Payton as a play caller. So I think that those things in particular helped to bolster his success in 2021. We'll talk a little bit more about Jameis Winston in tomorrow's episode, but coming up next, we're going to jump to our top three Thursday, talk about top three away games for the Saints, including, I think, a surprise number one away game here. But the Saints do have a pretty favorable away schedule. We'll talk about all of that and the New York Giants, their week four opponent, more in detail as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I think regardless of who wins the quarterback competition for the New Orleans Saints, instant gratification is what everyone is sort of going to be looking for, or at least what's going to set off either of those quarterbacks on the right foot immediately. And if you're looking for instant gratification with the way that you spend your money, I have a great way and a great place for you to check out, and it's Credit Karma Money, brought to you by the trusted partners over at Credit Karma. It's essentially a checking account that gets opened up, but then also gives back to you as you spend with your Credit Karma Debit card. We're basically going to offer you opportunities to win instant karma, which can then be redeemed at later times for future purchases, get you some money back, all of that excellent, excellent stuff. Nothing better when it comes to spending money than getting money back and making money in the process. And between June 8th through June 30th, if you make any purchases during that time, you're also going to be entered to potentially win a million dollars. So, a lot of cool stuff to check out here. If you want to learn more, Go to creditkarma.com slash money Open up your free account and start winning Instant Karma right away. Go to creditkarma.com slash winmoney to sign up for free and start winning that Instant Karma. That's creditkarma.com slash winmoney. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. All right, family, continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Real quick, want to shout out my guy, Jake Madison, over at Locked on Pelicans. Huge news with Stan Van Gundy officially being out with the New Orleans Pelicans, no longer the head coach, and so the search begins. If you want to learn why the situation took place, you want to learn who are the candidates, who would be the best fit, what this means for Zion Williamson and the Pelicans moving forward, go and check out the Locked on Pelicans podcast today hosted by Jake Madison find it wherever you get your podcast and soon up on YouTube as well New Orleans taken over here on the Lockdown Podcast Network mark my words. All right. So, look, the Saints actually have a pretty favorable looking, right? It's early, but a fa- pretty favorable looking away schedule for 2021, at least as we look at it here in June. But, let's go ahead and break down the top 3 away games that we're looking at that the Saints will play in 2021 purely from a bit of an entertainment value, right? So this is a little bit subjective. So if you feel differently, let me know in the comments on YouTube. Hit me up on uh, Twitter at Ross Jackson Nola. Let me know what are your top three away games that you're looking forward to for the 2021 season. But here are my three. We're going to start off with number three, work our way up to number one, like we always do. Number three, the week 15 matchup in Tampa Bay up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is a 7:20 central game, Sunday night football. This is the second of the two Tampa Bay games, right? Divisional opponents of the season. Late season division game here with possible playoff implications. Right now, the assumption is that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and New Orleans Saints sit atop the NFC South still, especially after the uh, Julio Jones trade. And so far, not much has come from that money that they've opened up, but we'll see what happens as they move forward. But the Atlanta Falcons, Carolina Panthers look to still be clawing their way back into competition mode while the Saints and the bucks more so the Bucks, probably because they've retained their entire team, look to be ready to dominate the NFC South over those other two options. But I think the Saints will definitely hang around in that conversation as well. Now, it could be a bit of a second chance for Jameis Winston if he's the starter to kind of get a revenge game in, or it could be the second revenge game because it would be Jameis' first game playing against his former team in his former home stadium, right? He showed up in the playoffs against the Bucs last year, throwing that touchdown on the trick play to Quan Smith, but that was in New Orleans. They'll meet Halloween night earlier on in the season, also in New Orleans, so this will be the first time that he returns to Raymond James Stadium to play against Tampa Bay Buccaneers, no longer a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Number two, we'll go with the Seattle Seahawks, week 7, 7.15 p.m. Central Time, Monday Night Football in Seattle on this one. This is going to be a great, great, great matchup and a great game right off of the bye week here, which the Saints have a bye week in week six. This is a phenomenal primetime atmosphere type of game. You're also going to see a, I think, okay. so there's two options here. There's two things you're going to see. Either you're going to see a run heavy Saints game going up against Seattle, just like you saw with Teddy Bridgewater at the helm uh, a couple years ago. And I love those games. For the Saints, for Alvin Kamara, Latavius Murray, love those games for them. They did that in 2018. It was a ton of fun to watch. Alvin Kamara had a huge game. Deontay Harris had a huge game on special teams. It was awesome. However, that's one option. The second option, also very intriguing. And I think that first option happens if it's a Taysom Hill-led offense at that time, because he'd be a part of the run game. But, but, you also get a potential shootout between Russell Wilson and Jameis Winston, if Jameis Winston ends up being the starter. And we've seen this before, a 34 to 40 overtime game just back in 2019 in Seattle. So this was perfect. This was Tampa versus Seattle. Great game. Winston threw two touchdowns, no interceptions, also had a couple of run touchdowns, running touchdowns from the team as well. And then you also saw Russell Wilson throw five touchdowns in this game, one of which being, of course, the game winner. In overtime. So we've seen the shootout between Winston and, w- and Wilson before. We've also seen a five to fourteen game in 2016 between the two in uh Winston's first year. So you know it could also be that. Now we'll go over to uh week or what's gonna be the week five matchup against the Washington football team. This is number one on my top three list. It's just a noon game, everything about it feels normal. It's on CBS, it's in Landover, Maryland. Everything about this feels normal. But there is so much talent on both sides of the ball for both of these teams being slept on. We talk all the time about the Saints being slept on, the Washington football team also being slept on. Ryan Fitzpatrick, Fitz Magic, is the quarterback. That is always entertainment value. You can't tell me it's not. Regardless of how he's playing, it's entertaining. The volatility of what that offense could be with Terry McLaurin and and Curtis Samuel and 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 uh, oh, what's the wide receiver Sims? I can't remember his first name, but and then the Antonio Gibson out of the backfield, the off and that defense with the pass. So many different things, and we'll talk more about them next week as we continue to go through it, the 2021 opponents. But so much being slept on on both sides of the ball on both of these teams. I think it can be an absolute classic between these two, as we've seen with Washington and New Orleans in the past. Remember, the Saints had the big 15 point comeback late in a fourth quarter just a couple years ago. Uh, This is actually to an early season barometer, I think, for the Saints to kind of know where they are before they go into the bye week and potentially make some adjustments for better or for worse, because then they have to look ahead and get ready for Seattle after that bye week as well. And it could be a bit of a pivot point for the Saints season. So I do think this could be a defining moment for New Orleans if they you know, come out of the gates just blasting and ready to go at the beginning of the season and they're in rhythm, everything's cooking, and they start off, let's say, 5-0, and that's great. And then they have the bye week to kind of readjust and get ready for the tough stretch. If they're struggling early, this team, this game could be a bit of a barometer for them in terms of the adjustments that they need to make over the course of the uh, bye week there. So those are our – that's our top three Thursday, our top three away games. Let me know if you feel differently. I went with Tampa Bay on the road at three. At two, Seattle on the road, week seven. And then at one, the Washington football team at uh, at FedEx Field uh, in Landover, Maryland, week five. All right, coming up next, we're going to continue to break down 2021 opponents in order of the schedule. So we've done weeks one through three. Now we're looking at week four, the New York Giants, a young and intriguing team to take on the New Orleans Saints early on in the season, another potential place where the barometer might get set in terms of where they are, the measuring stick, if you will. So we'll continue that as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And for those of you that know me and have known me all my life, which is most of you, um, you know that I have always said from birth till now, 31 years later, that rockauto.com is the best website when it comes to anything you need for your vehicle. I've always said it. Tell me I'm lying. You can't because you know how much I love Rock Auto. They're outstanding. They've helped me a ton. When somebody stole my tailgate, got my new tailgate, you Rock Auto. Somebody stole that tailgate, got a new. No, I'm just kidding. Nobody stole that tailgate. We're all good. Everything's good with the tailgate. Now, but if there's anything that you need for your vehicle, whether you're looking to tune up your daily driver because you're getting back to commuting to work here as things are becoming more accessible and opening back up, or if you're rebuilding a classic like my neighbor used to do when he when I was younger, it was more than 20 years ago. Rock Auto has been around for 20 years helping auto parts customers, family business doing that, by the way, but wasn't around when he was doing it. Wish he would have had it because probably would have saved him A lot of trouble because you can just jump on the website, put in your make, model, the year that you're looking for. Let them know the part, piece, or accessory that you need, and they'll send it straight to your door. You get it all tuned up, caught up, put up on your car, however it is, whatever it is that you're looking to do, they'll have you taken care of. So go and check them out, rockauto.com. Don't forget to let them know that Locked On, since you by writing Locked On in the How'd You Hear About Us section, amazing selection, reliable, low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. That's the best website for auto parts. This is the best website for protein bars. I was about to just say best website for built bars, which is also true, but best website for protein bars, builtbar.com. Go and check them out. Nine delicious flavors that give you everything that you need. Like I said in yesterday's episode, summertime, candy time, as far as I'm concerned, but I got to, you know, I got to trick my brain, right? I got to tell myself, hey, you're eating candy, but I'm not really. And that's what these are. They're protein bars that taste like candy bars. You got raspberry, you got uh, coconut almond, you got peanut butter brownie, you got mint brownie, all these fantastic flavors, only five or six grams of sugar, 17, 18 grams of protein, low in calories, low in carbs, low in sugar, high in protein, high in fiber, exactly what you need to stay active all throughout the summer. So go and check them out, BuiltBar.com. Don't forget to use the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 to get 15% off of your order, whether it's your first one or your next one. It's promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off at builtbar.com. Let's get it. Hooded Nation wrapping up today's episode, taking a look at what's new about the Saints' Week 4 opponent, the New York Giants don't just say York because I know that that's new but what's actually new about the team because they've made some massive upgrades at a lot of places where it matters and this is a team as well that has always had some pretty fun games against the New Orleans Saints we'll all remember the big shootout between Drew Brees and uh, Eli Manning which of course took place in the Dome which is where this game will be week 4 of the 2021 season but the last time that these two teams met was week 4 as well of the 2018 season at MetLife Stadium You'll remember this game as I describe it: thirty-three to eighteen win over those Giants uh, for for the Saints. Uh, Eli Manning and Odell Beckham Jr. were still on that Giants team at the time, and it was a twenty-six to eighteen lead for the Saints going into the fourth quarter. Late in the fourth quarter, though, you got a forty-nine yard touchdown run by Alvin Kamara. He and Michael Thomas run out of the tunnel and leave right after the touchdown. Kind of a a bit of a I think of one of the most memorable moments of that 2018 uh, team and 2018 season, which of course brought the Saints all the way to the NFC Championship game. And we won't talk about it any further than that. Now, how did the Giants season end last season? Well, they were 6-10, and 10, but still second in the NFC East because the NFC East was terrible. But something to consider here with the Giants, right? Very good defensive team throughout the season. Little shaky over an offense. We'll talk about that more in a moment. But five losses of five or fewer points throughout the season, including two in a row at one point right in the middle of the season. And then it's the five games that were decided by five or fewer points or really three or fewer points over that time. Some of those wins. So this was a team that was always sort of in it. And sometimes it was the defense. Sometimes it was some inconsistency over in the offense, a lot of different things to point to. But again, we'll talk about that more in just a moment biggest loss or biggest losses in terms of player losses of the 2021 season coming out of 2020 for this team, Kevin Zeitler, the offensive lineman who signed with the Baltimore Ravens, and then Dalvin Tomlinson, the defensive tackle who signed with the uh Minnesota Vikings. Fun fact, there are only two players in the NFL named Dalvin and both of them play for the uh Minnesota Vikings, Dalvin Thompson, Dalvin Cook. There you go. Impress your friends. Uh, biggest in-house free agents that are returning for this team, and some pretty big ones here, Leonard Williams, 11 and a half sacks last season after having, I think it was just a half sack the season before that and being absolutely ripped apart by fans. So he came back big time and then now earned a new contract and he's remaining with this team. Also had 14 tackles for loss and 30 hits on the quarterback. So pass rush, pass rush, pass rush for Leonard Williams who had that big rebound season, and then maintaining Austin Johnson, who in rotation with Dexter Lawrence will probably help to fill the hole that's left by Dalvin Tomlinson, who again signed with Minnesota. And then not necessarily the same thing, they didn't retain him, but returning from injury, of course, will be Saquon Barkley, the star running back. The biggest additions in this year's draft, Kadarius Toney, the wide receiver out of Florida, who they chose in the first round, Aziz Ojolari, the edge rusher out of Georgia who they chose in the second round, and then Aaron Robinson, the slot cornerback who they chose out of UCF in the third round. Now, a lot of concerns have been coming out around Kadarius Tony, who has missed time during OTAs and mini camps, all that stuff, for various different reasons. But we'll see what happens when it actually gets to training camp, and we'll, we'll see what moves there. I, I have high hopes for Kadarius Tony in the NFL. Everybody knows that I'm a big fan of his and, and his game. I think that he gives Daniel Jones this really interesting, versatile piece that could be used in a lot of ways, potentially bail him out of trouble. Sometimes, but you know, I, I hope he just saves all of it for sometime after week four of the 2020 season. Biggest free agent additions for the New York Giants. This is where the big story has been for this team continuing to put weapons and pieces around Daniel Jones. Uh, Kenny Galladay, he only played five games last season, but just two seasons ago, had 11 receiving touchdowns in 2019. And then, of course, Kyle Rudolph also joins that tight end room as well, along with Evan Ingram, who Evan Ingram has been steadily pretty disappointing for Giants fans, but maybe getting a mentor like Kyle Rudolph there and not having to be the guy 100% of the time for Evan Ingram will be good for him. Uh, Kyle Rudolph is somebody that brings veteran leadership. That's a great blocker and somebody that can still contribute as a red zone target as well. Now, again, that biggest off-season story for the team, offensive weapons that are around Daniel Jones. This is big for them because it either helps elevate Daniel Jones, or it tells them everything they need to know about Daniel Jones ahead of the 2022 season where they could potentially make a change at the position. Their best player in 2020, in my opinion, was James Bradbury, the cornerback that was there. They brought him in as a free agent last season and had a great, great season. Career lows in completion percentage, yardage, and passer rating allowed. He also had career highs in pass breakups while also adding three interceptions as well. Fourth lowest Uh, passer rating allowed and tied for most forced incompletions among all cornerbacks that played 500 or more snaps. He had a great, great season. Leonard Williams, of course, 11 and a half sacks had a fantastic season as well. Could also be considered your best player. Uh, biggest weaknesses in 2020 consistency when it comes to the quarterback position and therefore it led to a bit of a lack of identity over on the offensive side. This is a team that was 29th in passing yardage 31st in passing touchdowns, but because They couldn't generate points. They were also 26th in rushing attempts because they were playing from behind so often. So they were always subject to the game situation as opposed to being able to set a tone and set an identity for themselves consistently throughout the season. Maybe that will shore up with these weapons that they've added over on the offensive side and the defense getting as good as it got throughout that 2020 season if they can continue to pick up momentum there, which is one of the biggest questions heading into this game. Can that Giants defense continue to progress? Have the Giants put enough weapons around Daniel Jones? And will the Saints defense be in rhythm already at that time? Pass rush can rattle Daniel Jones a ton, so that would be huge for them. The coverage uh, in terms of limiting that very talented wide receiver core that now has a ton of weapons. And I don't even want to say wide receiver core, just pass catching options for them. And then, of course, also being able to hold up in terms of their run defense, which may be something to have some questions about after losing... All the pieces that they lost, the New Orleans Saints did over the defensive side. Are they going to be able to limit Saquon Barkley like they have in the past? Oh, and will we see another three-touchdown game from Alvin Kamara? So there you go. That's our look at the New York Giants, the week four opponent for the Saints in 2021. I think they're an intriguing, talented young team. Are they going to be able to put it all together in time? Will the Saints be able to put it all together in time to compete with one another during that point? And of course, this happens before. The road game that I'm most excited about, one week before the road game that I'm most excited about against the Washington football team. So interesting couple of games there to close out before the bye week. We'll talk more about the Washington football team next week as we continue on with our early look. Tomorrow, it's In Case You Missed It. So we're wrapping up everything all throughout the week and presented it to you. There's actually a lot. We might do two segments of In Case You Missed It because there's a ton of stuff, including Superdome reser- uh, reservations, renovations, and then as well as Drew Brees stopping off at training camp or at minicamp in Los Angeles to visit with the Chargers. Really cool stuff that we'll also talk about from all of that. Hey, do me a favor before we wrap up here, raise your hand if you thought that the Atlanta Falcons were going to beat the Philadelphia 76ers last night. That's what I thought. So if you want to hear more about that, the win, the loss, everything else going on around the sports world, go and check out the Locked On Today podcast, wherever it is that you get your podcasts. And especially, of course, with our good friends over on the Odyssey app as well. Thanks, everybody, as always, for coming through, for rating, reviewing, liking, commenting, sharing, everything you do to help grow this family. We'll be back with you tomorrow. And as always, you can hit me up on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're momming them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holler at you.